1: wonder if we can pet him. Hi boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Good morning. Good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Woodhull Manly Command Center secret location. Well, it's in the piney woods of north central Florida in God's country. And uh, we just want to be sure that you are aware of the fact that we have storms coming our way and uh, we don't know if we'll be interrupted or not. We are on a generator. So if we get interrupted on the power side, we'll probably have to wait about five or so minutes to reboot. So I just want to give you a heads up at the beginning. Uh, The storms really are not here yet, uh, but the wind is picking up here uh, at the uh, location where we're broadcasting from. We're also... Very much involved today with a story that's going to be a classical. Hold on a minute, got to turn that down. I got so many computers running here. Um, We're going to give you a classical kind of treatment here of the story we're going to tell from the very beginning to where we are now. That has been a long time in the making. And we have on the audio with us, of course, our data investigator, uh, Mark Glazer, who prefers to talk and not necessarily be seen. And so we're going to accommodate his wishes. Uh, He is our guy. He and I have been together for 10 years now when we first started um, discussing issues that didn't seem to be known very well by the public. And we began to work together to make a team to basically present through my show, Uh, his research. And so I've got my research team hat on today because this is really a uh, par excellence example of community service. Uh, Mark works with no budget and, you know, we work with a low budget and uh, we work with donations and sponsors and cancel culture always tries to take us down. So uh, we keep right on plugging. Thanks for the support of all of you all. And uh, we'll keep giving you the best show we can give you with the best information. So uh, you want to call me on the confidential line, it's 352-325-3938, and I'll see that flash across my computer as a message, and if you want a Facebook chat, I'll look from time to time. Bear in mind, please, that I'm just a little bit behind you on Facebook chat, so you may put a question up. We may not get to it right away. But um, out on the uh, world of media now, uh, Mark Laser is pretty well known. Uh, we're going to give a recap of where our story has finally begun to be picked up. And it's uh, quite a number of places, big places in this nation, spread out across this nation. And you have to remember that we had to push a rock uphill to get anybody other than Mark and myself to believe in what we were doing. Um, Gainesville Sun didn't want to touch it. And we're going to criticize their article in a minute because it's badly written. When it's in the paper today and a lot of things are all screwed up in it as usual. Uh, but over time, this story has begun to get out. We keep talking about our analogy of putting notes in a bottle and the bottle we thought we toss in the water and hope it lands on an island. Well, these notes are beginning to land on islands and they're going to have big ripples associated with their arrival. So Mark, welcome to the show again. Um, it's been such an interesting journey that you've been on and I've been fortunate enough to be somewhat a part of um how are we doing today my
0: man fantastic ward uh in no small part thanks to you i want to do a little housekeeping and first and foremost thank you for over the years uh giving me the uh platform to get the get the information out to your listeners and and to the network that that they have and uh, also to your sponsors and your donors uh not the least of which is plantation mark Uh, a lot of what we do um It does have a dollar sign attached to it with some of these public records requests. So um, thank you so much for over the years allowing me to be on the show. And it is a tremendous platform to be able to put the the information out there on a factual um, basis and to let the listeners know the the truth and not just necessarily the spin that you're going to see in the upcoming days on this particular um, crime wave, if you you really want to call it what it is. Um, but again, thank you so very much, Ward. Um, we've been a partner through the years. It's been somewhat of a marathon. But we had a major breakthrough, obviously, over the last couple of days. And I'm going to let you set the table, as you always do so well. And then I think it's important to break out um, the, the particulars of the cases here in Alachua County versus those in the other counties around the state. And then what we Did as recently as yesterday to to push this envelope and to keep things moving and to give those government officials who are getting paid handsomely to do um, their tasks to actually um, do their jobs, which is a requirement um, that they're sworn to uphold. And so we'll see it as things unfold and move forward who can keep up and who falls behind. So, again, thank you so much, Ward, for having me on the show.
1: Well, we started this story and it's a big story and as you know listeners and audience there's every bit of attempt from all parts of our culture to keep this story out of the public ear um, from the cancel culture the woke culture whatever you want to call them uh, to the social platforms and and I, I you're going to hear me not use the f word here and I suspect a uh, mark won't either or we'll go a voter B. Because we know the little algorithms are over there trying to suppress the story, much of which we're going to tell right now. Because basically, as we go, so goes the country. And certainly as we go, so goes the state. Uh, we're able to spread this investigation now out of Olochel County, thanks to the energy and the commitment uh, to searching for these, uh, dat- this data uh, by mark. And uh, I'm very much appreciative of the fact that he trusts me and I trust him. He and I know where, if you will, each other is in the dark. Uh, We don't have to say, I don't have to say, hey, Mark, you're over there. or He doesn't have to say to me, hey, Warrior, we know where we are. And uh, that's the type of relationship we have. But I think, Mark, the place to start this probably is uh, some of this I'm going to keep confidential. But we were informed by Mark, anytime you want to clarify this a little bit more than I'm going to. We were hand delivered from an important political liaison uh, evidence of Zuckerbucks, which I got to confess, I didn't know existed. I don't know if Mark knew existed. Certainly the supervisor of elections was not going to ever reveal it. And we looked at it, we were dumbfounded. And that started scratching heads. And of course, mark does sort of routine it's like people do push-ups or sit-ups every day he does routine data surveillance on all sorts of institutions and people that just to make sure that everything's on the uppity up and lo and behold we began to correlate some things that he discovered perhaps augmented or supplemented in some way by the zuckerberg phenomenon so mark let's talk if you want to, starting there, about how all that worked.
0: Sure, that's that's a great starting point. Uh, in uh, 2020, the uh, Latcher County Supervisor of Elections was fortunate enough to uh, get a grant of $700,000 from a nonprofit uh, civic tech and community life, CTCL, that was funded primarily by Mark Zuckerberg and his wife. And what they did was they They granted out $450 million across the United States, and the data shows that that money went eight to one to uh, Democratic strongholds. So there's no question that that money had an influence, um, not just in Alachua County or in the state of Florida, but throughout the country. Of that $700,000 that the Alachua County supervisor was um, able to receive, she spent $500,000 of it and returned 200000 So it was so much that she couldn't even really spend it all. And this was all under the guise of having a quote-unquote safe election. And the irony of that is that the supervisor then uh, directed her outreach coordinator to go inside the county jail in the summer of 2020 during the height of a pandemic where COVID was racing through the jail to go in there and register inmates uh, indiscriminately, uh, whether they were eligible or not. So we feel very strongly that they would have never had the resources to be able to have that manpower to go inside the jail on three separate occasions and, and do what they did that now has got them into some serious hot water. So the Zuckerbergs are really at the at the root of all this, not just here locally, but nationally. And at the end of the day, data don't lie. And it's, it's an absolute that the Zuckerberg funds had an influence on the presidential outcome enough to very likely swing the election. So, again, we won't use the F word, but we will uh, disseminate the facts.
1: And this, me, uh, let me editorialize here for you for a moment, listeners and audience. There is an article today, badly written in the Gainesville Sun set, uh, where a man named Dan Smith is quoted, who is a kind of political gadfly, who obviously doesn't know what he's talking about because he doesn't have the emails we have. And in this article, which is the worst of the worst written, We have many other articles written, I think the best of which is the WFT article. But anyway, let me just focus on this character, Dan Smith, for a moment. He's the one you know that uh, went up and ran his yak on behalf of the university uh, against the governor uh, in this uh, latest uh, brouhaha between uh, university and and the governor's office. As an expert so-called witness, he's loaded with left-wing bias And in this article today, he's quoted as saying, well, there was a lot of confusion about the law, not in the minds of the supervisor of elections and her employees, because we have the emails that she sent to her employees. And correct me if I'm wrong about this timeline, uh, Mark, but after the email was sent,
0: TJ Pichet still went in. Am I right? Absolutely correct, Word The uh, memorandum and an email from the Secretary of State went to all the supervisors of elections, and from there the supervisor here uh, sent that to her entire staff. We see the back and forth from her outreach director, and then um, merely six days later he's inside the jail on a, two, uh, a four-hour tour, kind of like Gilligan's Island there. Um, so you know, it's the, the, the evidence is damning. And uh, now that the uh, indictments have come down on nine of the inmates, and we know there were 10 sworn complaints um, after an eight month FDLE investigation. So we're waiting on that 10th indictment. And so, um, you know, we're just kind of holding our breath on that. But if you want to back up chronologically, Ward, we could start um, in late February of last year. So this, this has been going on for over a year and it, it really should never take a year from discovery of uh, irrefutable, prima facie evidence of voter fraud to- Oops, there's a word, beep. Uh, voter beep. Um, yeah, be sure to beep
1: yourself. Election.
0: My apologies, Ward. Um, so in late February, we did Wash this- your
1: vote. mouth out with soap, okay, right now.
0: <laughs> late February of 2021, mere months after the election, I was a little tied up in January, had uh, some personal family issues. Um, so I got around to uh, querying the the uh, voter database here in Alachua County and found that 40 uh, inmates voted by mail from the Alachua County Detention Center. And of those 40, it became obvious that at least 18 of them were ineligible and who actually voted by mail from the jail. Those Those are the names that we turned over to The state attorney ward you were with me when we went to the state attorney's office we were also with our state house representative chuck clemens and it was at that point in time that the state attorney realized that he couldn't handle this case because of the involvement of the supervisor's office at that point um, it was uh, pushed to the sheriff clovis watson who was not sheriff at the time uh, of the 2020 election um, and then from there, he was wise enough to send it to FDLE around uh, late May, early June. So there was an eight-month investigation by FDLE. February 3rd of this year, their investigative report was with 10 sworn complaints, was turned over to the uh, state attorney's office. And as you know, over the course of the last three days, nine of the inmates have been charged with multiple felonies um, for voter voter B. For both votes registration can. and uh, willfully voting in a in a in a, in a uh, an election that they were not qualified to vote in,
1: and the WFT article, which we are going to post all these articles on the Ward's Hot Bulletin Board for you to take a look at, uh, there are about four or five. Was a whole history of them from the very beginning when we first sent this. Uh, we did a press release uh, on the Ward's Scott Files and then sent that to Breitbart. And Breitbart picked this up. Um, you know, you're going to have to help me with the date because that's a while, quite a while back mm-hmm. and became fascinated with the story and printed it. And then here lately, a lot of other outlets, including Breitbart, again, have revisited it. Mm-hmm. So it's getting traction, as we say, and it's only going to get bigger. Uh, and the thing that we have begun to realize is that you've got to really push hard because nobody wants to have to admit There really was a problem and some of these fellows i'm gonna let mark talk about it because he's interacted with some of these supervisors have tried to sweep it under the rug by saying oh well it's really statistically insignificant okay it occurred you caught me you got me i'm the supervisor elections i should be on top of this i'm not you know i don't really do my job basically that's what's between the lines like the students always used to ask me, how'd you read between the lines on that poem? You know, you have to read between the lines on these characters because they'll they'll try to get out from under their own responsibility. But it is statistically significant enormously in local races. I'm going to let Mark talk about that just briefly for a moment. You're not let, but I want to introduce his mind to work on that. We've calculated that. Um, these votes can be, they're probably D's all up and down the the, the, the deal. We're not. We don't have any way to check that. But think of the local things. Let's talk about that. That could be influenced by statistically insignificant
0: uh, voter beep. Right. Well, I'll, I'll point to two instances that are critical in terms of close races. Not the least of which is uh, Bush Gore in two thousand, divided by less than eight votes per Florida county. That entire national race. But going back to the 2020 election locally, the growth management amendment was on the ballot and there was a recount because it was so very close and it was decided by I believe 245 votes. So now you're getting into a situation where were there enough B votes cast uh, in Alachua County to potentially um, sway the outcome of that race? And I I believe the numbers are there. Um, I certainly, have discovered at least a hundred cases and I've stopped there because uh FDLE was like we just we just can't handle anymore and so it's um it's a great um comfort to me to know that the latest legislation will uh include 10 full-time uh FDLE agents who are going to um focus on uh election integrity let's put it that way and then 15 uh Uh, full-time employees at the Department of State who will be focused on that as well. So now we have somewhat of a clearinghouse because what we've been faced with is a shotgun effect where we have to go to the individual supervisors and they all handle it differently. But the thing they have in common is what I call the Pontius Pilate syndrome where they wash their hands and say, I'm following Florida statute. I'm either sending it to the Florida Department of State or the local state attorney or the FDLE and of course I I work in some higher circles and so unfortunately I can't tell our audience everything that that, um, I would like to tell them but trust me that this is being looked at and scrutinized at the very highest levels of law enforcement, let's just put it that way. Um, So I'm not gonna tip my hand any more than that but I can tell you that it has been an uphill battle to get them to join with me in rooting this out Instead, what we've had is even from the Republican supervisors, a stiff arm, uh, they look like the Heisman Trophy uh, itself, when you come to them and give them this evidence, and then they want to um, discourage you or dismiss you until you actually give it to them in a form that's just irrefutable. And that's, that's what's happened over the course of the last uh, few days, weeks, and months.
1: I want to emphasize a couple of points that Mark just covered. One is that there are far, far, far more cases of voter beep that he himself knows of than law enforcement agencies can handle. What does that tell you, my listeners, about this story and all its implications? There is so much of this that the system is overloaded and blows fuses and can't handle it. So where are we going? We're going to outlets like this. We're going to podcasts. We're going to news aggregates and we're getting the story out that way. And then it's in the lap of the public and the public is going to have to go to the polls eventually and make some choices. And this really, as we just alluded to, can make significant choices in ask Al Gore, ask Gillum, ask Nikki Fried, Fried Frazzle. How many votes can make a difference? And then look at the turnout that you have and the percentage of eligible voters who don't vote. And that even accentuates the significance of the statistically insignificant, if you will. So you've got to really put on your thinking cap when you read some of the responses of these characters like Dan Smith, who doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. I'll assure you he hasn't examined the documents and the evidence we've got. And the other point I want to make again here is this is documented. The data investigator has the data. And when he sent it to the authorities, they couldn't squirm away. It was right there under their nose. And believe me, we were prepared to do something about it if they did try to squirm away. But we weren't going to let them get, get away with it. I'm talking about the people you voted into these offices, like the state attorney, the supervisor of elections, these characters. I got to applaud the sheriff, Clovis Watson Jr., because when he got it, He instantly saw, hey, I'm shipping this to the FDLE. This needs to be looked at. So we have accumulated a file kind of over time of trustworthy people and people you should got to kind of you got to keep an eye on and maybe are a little swarmy or a little compromised. And uh, to that extent, this is going to do nothing but build the credibility of Mark and hopefully the words God files because we work together. And hopefully that's why you come to us because we don't pull your leg. Uh, we don't, it, hey, if, if the documents took us another direction, that's the direction we go in. But I'm just wanting to remind you that it's even bigger than we're able to get others to take a look at. Am I
0: correct on that, Mark? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the significance of what's happened over the course of the last three days can't be underestimated. Uh, a week ago, the story was that there was probes and there were investigations. Now we have... Nine cases of uh, felonies, uh, with multiple felonies amongst nine, uh, eight of whom are state prisoners, uh, one who's um, been released, and expecting a tenth. So this is this is a huge breakthrough in terms of the chain of events that needs to take place for those in a position to do their job to recognize the the severity of the situation and to. to to agree with us that election integrity does matter. We've got to root this out. It has to be prosecuted as a deterrent, not for the last election, but for the next election. And that's, that's what we're focused on now.
1: That's where we want to applaud uh, the governor for listening, perhaps if not directly to us, indirectly through connections that we have uh, with him, like your local representatives, particularly uh, Chuck Clements, who has been involved in this from the very beginning. And we like to think, as we've said before on the show, that that has helped create this uh, Elections Integrity Commission, if you will, that has now got its own investigators and its own uh, authority to uh, make certain types of uh, responses to what they find. And it's very close to the heart of the government. Because at the local level, we found that, you know, particularly if you're dealing with blue counties, let's go back to that. We have been dealing, although this is not exclusive to blue counties, but we've been dealing with the effects, the fallout of this Zuckerbuck stuff uh, for quite a while now, because it did influence, and there's more and more you'll read about this nationally. It definitely influenced the playing field. It tipped the playing field. Let's put it that way. Colvin, Mark Laser, who has been a good friend for many years, we've worked together for many years, and i got to say that uh, this story continues to surprise uh, both Mark and me. Um, it, it, every time we think, oh, golly, that can't be true. Surely it's not so. Now, somebody mentioned here on the Facebook chat, TJ Pichet. TJ Pichet, let's just talk for a moment about him, Mark, and the timing of his vanishing up to now because he has an attorney, correct?
0: Yeah, we, there's a couple of key points. Uh, first, uh, we, we did know that uh, TJ resigned um, just weeks after the Breitbart article came out in early June of last year. Uh, so that, that the timing of that seems uh, rather quizzical. Uh, the other thing that we, we knew through the grapevine was that he had uh, a lawyer and now, according to the WUFT article, um, he has a very high-caliber um, uh, criminal defense lawyer. So um, we're uh, speculating at this point that um there is the possibility that um he is fending off um you know potential indictments of his or an indictment of his own but we, we don't have any uh, inside knowledge of that so only time will tell but there is a slot that's still available out there according to the state attorney there were 10 sworn complaints and only nine of them have pulled through so i'll leave it to the audience to uh to ponder that question
1: and we have a comment that It shouldn't be supervised for elections be immediately fired and prosecuted. Um, we don't know how this is going to work out. I, I, don't, you know, I don't know how the, the political system would work. Uh, we suspect that, well, we know that that memo went out. We've got the email of that. And we know that T.J. Pichet went to the jail after the memo went out. So it, it appears as if. The defense, if I were defending Kim Barton, I would say, well, you told him not to. And he did anyway. Uh, That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is, doesn't the buck stop with who's responsible, who hires him and supervises him? So if he goes out and does something, isn't the person who for whom he works responsible for his behavior? You can't claim uh, see no evil, hear no evil, uh, speak no evil. Uh, So those are the two sides of that coin, and I don't really want to speculate on where that's going because I can tell you that justice is highly politicized. Would you agree with that, Mark?
0: Oh, there's no question, and uh, there is a Florida statute that uh, if government officials are, you know, part of uh, someone committing a crime that they too can be held accountable. Uh, The most incredible thing that we learned yesterday was that one of the inmates has come out and said that he knew it was too good to be true, but the guy said it was okay. And if, if that's the case, then um, <laughs> this goes much deeper than we had even uh, estimated. So th- that's just an incredible statement. So I think once you get the um, the sworn testimony from the inmates, if they all line up and that they were told it was okay uh, and weren't educated um, on whether or not they could register based on their some of them were under a felony conviction uh, when they voted in the 2020 election, awaiting transfer to the Department of Corrections. So there's no question that it was it was even more than owing fines and, and or restitution. So th- this goes a little deeper than we had thought with the new information that came forward yesterday. So if there's other inmates that are, are uh, making these same types of statements, then it's, it's about to get very interesting. And Ward, just real quickly, um, as you know, the story has has really gotten legs, and so this morning it was in the Politico newsletter. It is also, um, of course, on uh, my CBS, four WGFL, WCJB, WFT. Um, it also made um, Florida Politics. The WFT article is e- extremely accurate, uh, other than the fact that. The, one of the leading paragraphs says that the four of the five, and of course it's up to nine now, four of the five owe several hundreds of dollars in fines and fees. That's not actually the case. Most of them are, are, are in, uh, above and beyond that, were under a felony judgment um, awaiting transport to DOC when they voted in the 2020 general election. Yes,
1: the most damning comment that surprised even Mark and me is the one that appears in the WFT article. and. Of that one, the inmate exclaims, holy cow, you know, here I am getting charged with perjury and a felony. And I was told by uh, this TJP Shea character that it was OK to do what I was doing. He told me I could. Boy, we, we we looked at each other when we read that. And that's obviously some good reporting. Let's talk about that. when We get back from the break, if you will, uh, Mark, the good reporting. There's been some very good reporting and it's been from young people, basically, I think we could categorize it that way, but correct me if I'm wrong, we get back on that, Mark. We're talking to Mark Glazer by phone, uh, who is our data investigator. He and I have worked together for 10 years. We started out in the beginning looking at black love, uh, at bo- uh beeps, and uh, we had some local characters here who were getting money from the state and were on the board that was supposed to st- distribute that money to needy Black businesses that were startup businesses. And guess what, my friends? Uh, those characters never distributed that money to the needy startup businesses.
0: They kept Nor, did it they the it <laughs> Nor did they pay it back. Nor did they pay it back.
1: Nor did they pay it back. and It's still that way. And they're Correct. still, still scot-free.
0: <laughs> $250,000 for one of the board members. Just
1: $250,000 for one of the board members which the duped uh, liberal culture, I guess, thought, well, we'll just pay these guys. We, uh, we feel so guilty that the black fellas can't get a startup in business. We'll give it to their buddies, OK, and let their buddies distribute it to the needy. Well, guess what? The needy's buddies betrayed them. and kept the money for themselves and never paid it back. And that's where Mark and I started saying, man. This is the world we live in. We'll be right back on the Ward Scott Files for thanking our sponsors and our donors. So stay tuned. It's going to get even better. (laughs) This is Ward Scott. And I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, r and Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardsgodfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page, or call my friend, Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wards Files, And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. If your
0: brains were lard, you couldn't grease a small
1: frying pan. To call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people. Acton, acton. The papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Mach schnell! At Warthog, he's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge.
0: Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we
1: touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. All right. Welcome back to the Ward Scott Files. and We thank you all for supporting us in our efforts. You can see that uh, we hopefully are returning, giving you a return on your donation, if you will, or your or, or your support uh, as an advertiser. And uh, we got to tell you now, it, quite humbly, you know, I'm a humble man. Um, none of these other outlets would have ever had this story had uh, the data investigator not kept turning and cranking through the stuff and supplying it to the Ward Scott Files, and we kept putting it together and And uh, it all started when uh, together we wrote a news release, if you will, a press release uh, when we first uh, got this thing kind of uh, unearthed, if you will, and uh, sent it out uh, to some of the outlets and darn if they didn't pick it up and print it. So we do press releases on the Word Scott Files and we'll probably do another one when it's appropriate time and we got more development. But uh, Mark wants to pivot now to another phase of the investigation And I'm like you, I'm gonna sit back and listen to this because uh, he's basically working 24 seven. I don't think he ever is completely at rest. I mean, his mind is active and he knows how to work his way through these systems. And uh, thank goodness he's on our side. I would hate to be followed uh, by uh, Mark Glazer.
0: (laughs) Take it away, Mark. So a funny thing happened uh, while I was waiting on the FDLE investigation. So that started in June of 2020. And then in early November, um, well, actually in October, the supervisors of elections at the state level put out a, uh, an edict claiming that, you know, everything's in order, election integrity is intact, that no ineligible um, uh, voters are on the Florida voter rolls. And then on November the 4th or 5th, the supervisor of elections in Lake County, Alan Hayes, came out with a challenge. And he said, Put up or shut up, and so he it was basically to the Lake County Republicans who were clamoring for an for an audit, statewide audit uh, from 2020, and so I read that and I thought about that and uh, I thought, you know what? Let me let me look into uh, Lake County. Let's see what's going on here. And so with the inmates and the felons, um, it's what I call low-hanging fruit, it's pretty easy to find, but there's even lower-hanging fruit, and that is the sex offenders and sexual predators in the state of Florida that have been convicted in the state of Florida are not eligible to vote, and they're certainly not covered by Amendment 4 at all. So there's, there's no cover there, uh, like some of these other instances with the felons. So I decided to take the um, sex offender database and do a search and I took all the sex offenders that were registered in Lake County and I got the voter rolls from Lake County and I, and I did a, uh, a query and I found there was uh, about, I think it was 18 matches of sex offenders and sexual predators who had registered to vote in Lake County who were not eligible. Of those 18, six of them actually cast ballots. So of course I sent that information over to Supervisor Hayes and he was rather dumbfounded. Uh, He was was pretty apologetic, hat in his hand, kind of called me on the phone um, and recognized that indeed I had put up and that he no longer would tell me to shut up. And so (laughs) those six cases have been turned over to, it's my understanding, the state attorney for the Fifth Circuit, which is out of Ocala, and have been sitting there ever since. And in fact, I emailed him uh, last night asking him for an update and he referred me to the state attorney. So he's, he's washed his hands after making the bold statement in the press, bring me the names and I will prosecute. And so there we are. So we have a Republican supervisor of elections making bold uh, statements about others spreading misinformation and disinformation when in fact they're the ones that are spreading misinformation. <laughs> and it's worth noting that Wesley Wilcox, the supervisor of elections in Marion County, is the current president of the Florida Supervisor of Elections. He now has six names as well. And then Leon County Supervisor Mark Early, who's the incoming president of the Florida Supervisors of Elections, he has 10 names that he's turned over to the state attorney up in Leon County. So we've done searches on 11 counties for sex offenders and sexual predators that that voted in the 2020 election. That's our threshold that they actually cast a ballot. And about... um, 25% 25% of those who are uh, registered who shouldn't be actually cast ballots. So by the numbers, we have produced um, a, a estimate that there are 2000 uh, sex offenders or sexual creditors who were registered to vote illegally in the 2020 election and about 25% of those cast ballots. We've done 11 counties, um, not the least of which is Gadsden County where they had 23,000 votes cast and 23 sexual uh, predators and sex offenders who cast ballots. So that is the the highest uh, percentage of um, sex offenders and sexual predators to actual voters of any county. Just last night, I sent Supervisor Barton a list of nine, um, seven sex offenders and two sexual predators in Alachua County who voted in the 2020 election. So they're they're county number 11. And like I said, this is irrefutable. There's just no question that these individuals have been convicted of sex offense felonies in the state of Florida before they cast ballots in the 2020 election. So they are absolutely ineligible voters that should not have been able to cast a vote. Uh, Since this all came out a year ago, the Department of State has been purging a lot of these sex offenders. But that's not much of a penalty. They can turn around and register again, vote again, only to be purged. So I would hold, uh, going back to the supervisor in Lake County, I would hold him to his word. Bring me their names and I will prosecute. The only solution is to purge and prosecute. And then we'll have the deterrent that will keep others from doing the same.
1: Well, and we're crossing our fingers on that because, you know, how people are in the left, are they really and somewhat in the right, uh, you know, basically this uh, lethargy, if you will, uh, knows no party exclusively. Uh, we have the Republican supervisor who was really confrontational and kind of a bully. And the last thing you want to try to do to me and Marcus us because you got the bull by the horns then. and and uh, uh, that's not the best place to be. So. Uh, Mark immediately took him on his uh, put up or shut up challenge, and now he is uh, shut up. Uh, But he's also ducked his responsibility. And locally, how in the world, why do we say, back to my viewer here who asked, what about the professionalism of Kim Barton? Why does it take a citizen to go find uh, these um, illegitimate, really registered people um, we're not paid to do this. Uh, we don't have a budget to do this. My golly, this woman gave back. Kim Barton, whom I personally like, um, gave back. She just might, 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 might not be up to the job. Had so doggone much money from she, uh, bucks. she gave back 200 grand of it. They're crying out loud. So it's not for yeah, it, money, right, Mark?
0: Yeah, it's one, it's one thing to have a blind eye and a deaf ear to voter fraud. Um, it's Jesus. another thing babe oh dang it ward i so i apologize Watch your mouth out it is um it's another to actually facilitate voter fraud by B. by taking <laughs> by taking felons and giving them the opportunity to commit felonies and again i i'm so apologetic ward i am
1: well we're taken down later by the uh, little millennial platforms um listeners and audience well we'll we'll eventually be back i think <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's interesting that I've made some statements um, on this platform myself um, uh, fairly recently, and, and every, I've, I've remained at large, so <laughs> I guess there's hope for all of us, but um, they're not really looking for me, and that, that's a point, too, we need to make is uh, these folks in their um, you know, bureaucratic positions getting you know, $10,000 a month direct deposited into their bank accounts they, they make the the fatal error of underestimating us, Ward, they don't understand our diligence. They don't understand the context that we've built up over the last decade. So a lot of the folks that are out there in the media, they do trust um, uh, our subject lines when we send them emails and then they will read the emails. And then once the documents are there and becomes irrefutable, then and, and that's where we are here today. We are actually, um, you know, getting some of the benefits of all our hard work and it takes time and patience. But when they underestimate us, that's a good thing. Or when they push back, then we double down. And so we recognize that as the governor says, um, if you're taking flack, you're over the target.
1: And it's not called the Warhol Command Center for nothing. And the AC-10 is the most ferocious fighting plane we've got. i uh, <laughs> got a, a question from Plan Mark. We certainly want to take anything he's got because he's such a tremendous supporter. Uh, he wants to know if there's a statewide list of convicted felons that can be scrubbed against a voter rolls.
0: Well, absolutely. And I think where you start is with um, the Department of Corrections list where um, folks have actually um, served time because uh, those, those are really the lion's share of what you're looking for. So if you were to take the uh, first and last names and dates of birth of anyone who's been a state prisoner and then run that against the um, the voter rolls from 2020. What we've had to do is do it county by county, and the smaller counties are really quite easy. For example, Liberty and Jackson County were really simple. Uh, Leon and Alachua were a little tougher, but I'm working on Broward County, and Broward County has 1.3 million voters, and so it gets a little, little cumbersome, and it's uh, you have to kind of plow through them um, as far as the, the sex offenders go. But yeah, if 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 the uh, if a federal agency was kind enough to give me the database of all the DOC prisoners and all the voters in the state of Florida, it would be game, set, match at that point. And there, there's no question that we're talking in, in the tens of thousands um, that voted in the 2020 election. And uh, when you use
1: the word give, you can forget that because nobody has given us anything. We've had um, you, Didn't you have to give a Barton 500 bucks to get something from her?
0: Yeah, in fact, the email that we got that was kind of the smoking gun, if you will, the memo from the Secretary of State uh, back in July of um, of 2020. Um, and then we got that, you know, in the summer of 2021. Um, I had to ask for, um, you know, a, a date range of emails. And in doing so, I was actually billed $500 before I could even get those emails. And so, um, you know, that's just the price you pay for getting something that you know is there, but you just you just have to have it. You know, there was no question that we had to have that, and um, there was a there was a few really big logs on the fire, and that was certainly possibly the biggest one. That that really woke a lot of people up. They you know they knew before they went in in July and September that uh, ineligible inmates should not be registered to vote.
1: And just so you all know out there, uh, this is one of the ways that these uh, so-called public transparent institutions who uh, should be completely compatible with the uh, investigations of the public, uh, fend off the public uh, by setting these price tags for this information so ridiculously high. And the excuse was, uh, if I recall, Mark, was, that, oh, well, I've got to reassign so many people to this task that... uh, you know, I can't pay them out of my salary and my budget. You're going to have to pay them out of your contribution to our budget. That's basically the philosophy that we met. And yeah, because they
0: uh, they have to go through the emails and redact anything that has personal information. So that's the that's the time consuming part of that. So that that's where that lies. What's interesting is when FDLE did their records request, um, they were going to get redacted copies, and they said, "Oh, no, 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 no." We we, we take unredacted copies.
1: <laughs> that's right, that's right. So, um,
0: yeah, very interesting, that email came out as well. So, and then of course you've got the um, attrition, if you will, at the supervisor's office. You have um, her right-hand man, Will Boyette, um, deceased 48 hours after we went to the state attorney. And then you had TJ resign, you know, literally weeks after the story, the story of the investigation came out. And most recently, three more individuals have resigned from the supervisor's office. So there's a, a vacuum there, basically, in terms of their knowledge base. And so they have a very big election coming up in August, the, the primary. And then, of course, the general election in, in uh, November. And what you don't see right now that's very telling as well is the outreach director going into the county jail and registering inmates. Is, is that a big surprise to anyone? No, because you run the risk of having felons commit felonies and it's just that is the really the question that we get the most whose idea was it to go into county jail during a pandemic when COVID was racing through the jail and sign up potentially ineligible registrants uh, putting them at their word that you know you're committing a felony if you uh, falsely swear on this registration and or a felony. If you vote at the end of the day, and you're not eligible to vote, so uh, it, it gets it gets curiouser and curiouser as they say.
1: And these guys really don't have. or Have, have they even tried to have a, what's called in the in the liar world plausible denial? Um, they're just saying, "Hey, I did it, and I did it because I was told it was okay by an official of the government," and so we have a couple of mysteries here. I don't want to really mix apples and oranges, but we have a couple of big mysteries because uh, we have somebody at the center of this, and that's the state attorney who is a Republican. Uh, we really had to put the pressure uh, on the state attorney to get this uh, 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 this thing started. And it was all sorts of opportunities we kept hearing uh, for him to drop it and not pursue it until we brought in the big guns from the national media outlets, it appears. Now... There's a couple of big mysteries in a couple of stories we've been covering. One is who had the political influence and power to change a civil argument over commissions to a criminal charge about theft of intellectual property? Who has the power to do that in this community? Who is behind Sending an employee, not just an employee, but the head employee of this effort from the state, uh, from the Supervisor Elections Office to another institution. This one of all things, the jail. Who is behind? Is there some murky influence behind all this? I don't want to go down a paranoia road, but this, this is, uh, this, is pa- this is more than passing strange, is it not, Mark?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot, lot of questions, like I said, left to be answered, and um, it, it's, it's a head-scratcher and mind-numbing. But you have to remember, back in 2020, it was all hands-on debt. This guy up at the White House had to go. The primary was um, uh, just, you know, laden with um, left-leaning Democrats on the ballot. So it was, it was go, 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 um, we'll worry about the rules later. We've got this money. Let's let's spend it. We've got the manpower. Let's 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 uh, shake every shrub and every bush and shake every voter out of there we can, regardless. And then we'll worry about the consequences later. Well, the uh, chickens have come home to roost. Uh, and yesterday, like I said, was a huge breakthrough. And you're going to see a lot more um, uh, of this around the state. I, I have to be careful. Um, And other counties,
1: I'll beep beep you if you you know if you you know say the wrong thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah,
1: we'll have more. Well, we'll, there's a lot more voter beep than you uh, could ever have (laughs) dreamt of. uh, That uh, I'm sure that you know it's like the dam, the old proverbial story. You know, once the dam breaks, it really it really breaks, and uh, it's broken. It's out there now. You guys know about it from a number of different outlets. Uh, you know that we're not just as they say whistling dixie um you know we've got more things to do better things to do with our time than this if it's not you know who wants to do this all day if there's something better to do like sit on a porch and smoke a cigar um but but you know you got to do it you you know you got to do it and you got to pursue it and stay after it and take the lumps if they come and um so be it i mean uh it's just that's, that's all part of the territory so yeah, we're talking Mark Glazer, who is a longtime friend, longtime confidant. We've worked together on a lot of projects. Uh, we started out uh, a moment ago. We talked about how we started. That was looking into black loan frauds. And one of the main characters in that was nobody, um, Rodney Long, you know, who uh, somehow managed to uh, peel off some money and not return it. And it never got down to the startups. And uh, so that got us going. We really thought, wow, is it as nasty as we think it is? And, of course, at the same time, I... Began to look at the meetings before the meetings where the county commission was essentially agreeing out of the eye of the public what they were going to uh, uh, how they're going to vote on issues that they like the public to think uh, they were still indecisive about. And uh, those became known as the meetings before the meetings and uh, the show started on the radio known as the words got B files. I can't even say it there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> we're all in the hands of artificial intelligence okay artificial intelligence i love that <laughs> I to think about that word artificial it's like disney it don't, well,
0: don't don't forget that the illustrious uh uh uh, R- right. Reverend Long is now a candidate on your, for your state Senator. So I mean, Ru- God <laughs> like Russ never sleeps. Oh um, my God. It's
1: just, you know, you talk about the cat with nine lives. That dude has about 50, you know what I mean? It's amazing.
0: But you, you, anyway, that- to give cre- you have to give him credit for tenacity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's, it, it's amazing. But, uh, if you got any questions, I'm looking at a Facebook chat, flip them in here right now. Um, and I'll take a look at them. I'm, nobody's texted me on the hotline. If you want to, go ahead. Um, yes, one can only imagine how many uh, have done this all over the US. We, we're aware of that. And I think the rest of the country
0: is beginning to pick it up. That, that's a really good point, Ward, I, 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 and I, I paid it on me, Mark.
1: Then we got a storm coming through. I'm gonna to try to pick him up here and again.
0: Um,
1: I'm not listening to him right now. I can't hear him right now but anyway i'm sure he'll get back on in a minute Um uh, be used uh, mark we lost you can you start that statement
0: again certainly so what we discovered here locally was was easily detectable and yet it was undetected and not just in alachua county but throughout the state we believe that that same blueprint could be used in other states ie georgia arizona wisconsin to potentially discover this same exact scenario that took place in those regions as well that have not been looked for because even the Republican Party hasn't taken the opportunity or the time to do the research. Instead, they just want to clamor and pass laws. And for example, there's still no law to stop a rogue supervisor from registering ineligible inmates. They they could do it all day long and it could be undetected unless an individual like myself took the time to look. And so it's, it's kind of good news, bad news. Um, they, they, they thought who would ever discover this and they were almost right. And so we've, we've figured it out, it's like a puzzle and we believe that same puzzle could be um, solved around the country.
1: And the important thing is for us to get this out, we've been ba- basically racing against time in a lot of ways uh, to get this out before the elections in the fall and uh, to try to get this thing cleaned up a little bit so it doesn't happen again. And believe me, we'll be vigilant on that also. Um, it's, it's just something that uh, uh, we, we we're, we've now, you know, um, sting me once, sting me twice, but three times, I'm, I'm, I'm even me, even I'll catch, I'll catch on. So um uh, we're going to be we're going to be watching this real closely. And you have to understand that on the other side of the coin, there's this entire push by the so-called progressive left to just uh, erratic eray, erase any legal uh, debt at all. forever. Oh, it wasn't his fault. you know. He was raised by the wrong side of the tracks or he didn't get Cheerios when he was a kid or you hear all these excuses. So he's not really responsible. Uh, you know, and ultimately, of course, the responsibility they try to shift to the, um, you know, the guy whose name begins with a T and ends with a P. So uh, it's given them a target to shoot at. And, and um, you know, the manipulation of evidence is really, when I think about it, Mark, that's what is at the bottom of all of this,
0: really, isn't right. it? Right. And you can't just pick and choose which Florida statutes you, you want to uh, apply or not. So whether you agree with the law the way it is right now or not. And some people might, you know, lean way the other way and feel like, you know, they went too far with Amendment 4. But the fact is, there's been a line drawn in the sand and it it is what it is. But back to the sex offenders around the state, they are in no way, shape or form uh, covered by Amendment 4. So all we did was we took the list and we took the list of those convicted in the state, not those from other states who moved here and also those that actually voted in the 2020 general election and recognize that there there was enough votes cast in 2020 to swing a Bush-Gore election. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is scary stuff. If we have anything close to that coming up in either 2022 or 2024, we're in for some real, real problems.
1: Well, before we uh, leave this uh, uh, story, and we'll As time progresses, if we need to bring you up to date on another chapter of it, we will. Bear in mind that if you go to wardscottfiles.com, to Wardscott Bulletin Board, uh, there's a lot of documents posted there that we reference in our shows. And we'll be posting uh, these various news uh, 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 stories about what we're talking about. And you can take a look at them yourself and determine which is the better written uh, story and which one has got a bias in it. I think you'll see the bias in the uh, Gainesville Sunset one right away. Uh, when you when you see what they're always trying to tip their hat to the the boys named Lauren and all those uh, people. Uh, it must come as a shock to them. I haven't gotten they don't call me. You know, the boy named Lauren and the lefties don't call me and say, uh, geez, Ward, would you have us on your show to give our side of the story? No, they just don't do that. They, they hide. They, they, they ain't got no story. They can stick. They can stick by his problem. But I'm glad to have them on here if they could give me an explanation, but I don't think they got one.
0: Well, Mark, you thanks need so have, much. You need, have, you need to have the Minister of Propaganda back on, Ward.
1: I, the Minister of Propaganda does want to be on, and he thinks he's uh, bulletproof, he's Teflon and all this stuff. He thinks he can fend off. He really believes his own spin. And it's, it's, it, is that the guy who took the county car to Miami and ran it over the transvestite? Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is the guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mark, we're having uh, a lot of fun and enjoyed talking with you. I hope our audience got a little bit out of this, too. And is, uh, we'll post this uh, out on the website in a moment. It'll be out on Spotify. It'll be on Apple Podcasts. It'll be on YouTube. And uh, if, if Mark didn't trip over the beep too much, uh, <laughs> we'll still be there tomorrow. <laughs> have, a, have a great day. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Warhol Command Center out.